Mm. These motherfuckers is bad, bro. They are. Uh, you can go fuck with that like, like. You can go fuck with them niggas. Or uh, you can come fuck with the gang. Cause if you come fuck with this pippin, you gonna be dropping some change. You might be even popping this thing. But you gonna be giving some brain. So you can come fuck with the gang. 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 You know you can come fuck with the gang. 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 You know you can fuck with the gang. 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 You can come fuck with the gang. You know you won't fuck with the gang. You know you won't fuck with the gang. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is the gang, the Paha Podcast, and I am your boy King Doobie, and these are the hawks. So, Mikey P, Matt the man, you know, aka the Pussy Jammer. <laughs> and Scotty P, you know me, motherfucker Black Hitler. I stand with Kanye. It's stupid, man. <laughs> and we got. And Casino G down there at the bottom. And today, yeah, man, we'll give a round of applause. We have a special guest, Jeremy Nori. You know what I'm saying? Um, he is an author, a director, a cultivator, and now he a hog. You know what I'm saying? So um, give a round of applause for the hog and Jeremy. So, at this so, time, Jeremy. we usually give a hog call. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we're not going to do the hog call today. You say you're going to do it, or you're not going to do it? I'm not doing it today. Nobody really hit us up. I'm excited to talk to Jeremy. Let's get into yeah, this. We, so we're going to move. We're going to get right into it. I'm excited to talk to Jeremy. And today we're going to talk to him about um the Cannabis Cup. Okay. Um, How did you get started or have the idea to do the Cannabis Cup? Okay. So I do what's called the Secret Cup. I uh-huh. have competed in the Cannabis Cup. And I, I've won a couple cannabis cups, uh, but that is a different me. That is High Times Magazine. Okay. So they uh, they used to do the High Times Cannabis Cup in Amsterdam for almost uh-huh. thirty years, and then uh-huh. and then now they do cannabis cups all over the United States. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And and they're you know they're kind of a different thing. And from place to place, they're a little different. The way they do the judging is different. Our event kind of came about because um, myself, my partner, and a lot of the people we knew competed in the Cannabis Cup, and we didn't really like the way that the rules work. Oh, so you wanted to make your own route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We thought that their winners were not authentic. That's basically. Can I, can I, can I ask you a question, Doc? How... Like, how was usually the rules that you, why, why didn't you guys like the rules, how it was in the chemistry club? Oh. <laughs> okay, there's a bunch of reasons. So uh, the first reason is their judges were people that they just chose to be judges, right? No, so, no, 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 no. A lot of those people who are people that had never grown cannabis or made hash or whatever it was that they were judging, they'd never actually done that thing. And that's a, a part of it, you know, it, I'd really prefer for people who have done that to judge uh, that kind of thing. But yeah. let's, they, they have their preferences and, and whatever. Um, the other side to that though was they would, they would give the judges kits to the models and then I would see the models like selling the judges' kits. Oh, and, and yeah, there's just a, 
it's just not the, the most serious thing. The people who were judging weren't taking it that seriously. And a lot of times they didn't come from a background where they had a huge amount of education. So yeah. judging it based on whatever. And yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a, I'm not trying to cut you off. You know, that's one thing about me. Because, you know, I used to uh, work at, for cookies in a cookie farm. I used to grow their cannabis. And when I started working for cookies, one thing I noticed is it was out of the whole facility, it was only, okay, on the growing side, it was like 10 of us. And only two of us really grew weed. The rest of the people were working for years, never even grew weed. It was strange to me. They didn't know. They didn't know nothing about nutrients. They didn't know anything about pH. They didn't know anything. And I'm like, how you guys work here for so many years and don't even grow weed? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's super common. And, and it's not just for growing. It's for all the different things in cannabis. And, I, and so I noticed that. Yeah, it's something you'll notice a lot. And that's one thing I didn't like about the uh, marijuana industry, that a lot of people, they to me, they kind of pick just their friends that people they hang out with or people they're cool with. And, you know, they keep the jobs. But I'm like, and then when I got to ask them questions about, you know, the growing side, and they, they literally told me, like, I don't know nothing about growing. I'm just here working, doing they're telling me what to do. And I was I was like really amazed. I'm like, hold up, man. What do you mean you never grew before? How are you on the growth side and you never grew before? And you've been here for four years, but you don't even know how to grow and still don't know how to grow. And you've been here for four years. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, I'm basically, you guys can go on. We all know what that, that's the same problem. We all know it. Yeah, we, yeah, are, I, we I, all dip and dab and and a little bit of cultivation. So I, I know, like a lot of the hogs, they're fascinated to actually questions about cultivating and things like that. But I'm sure, fascinated. Sure. I'm fascinated to actually questions about film making. Cause, okay. Because I want to make films and. Yeah. Before we before we move forward, let me ask them this question: How did you get in the cannabis industry in the start period? Ooh, that's a good question. So uh, when I first got into cannabis, there was no medical marijuana or legal cannabis or any of that stuff at all. But in Amsterdam, they had seed companies. They had kind of a legal cannabis uh, social aspect. They had all the coffee shops and they had seed companies that sold seeds. And that was not necessarily legal. What it was is the way they like to put it. How you doing? And so you can learn a bunch of stuff in that. And uh, I started to see, oh, there's like strains, there's all this like, there's so much more depth to cannabis than just yeah. what I would do over here in the States. When I would go to my dealer, it would be like, this is the good, expensive cannabis, and this is the cheap, not so good cannabis. And it and would yeah. have generic names like it was always stress or sense or you know this is beasters or whatever it was uh, the beasters yeah, yeah. You know, like it that's was, a throwback right oh, and then like the good weed would be like oh this is the the chronic or you know the, yeah. the bush and i had a friend just called it kgb killer green yeah. but Good, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just all these names for it, but they were very generic. You know, they, they weren't representing a strain. They weren't representing like a phenotype of cannabis that was very specific. Oh, yeah. So when Kush kind of came around, that kind of started to change that in the States. And then as yep. um, we started doing events, 
then it all kind of came and medical marijuana brought it all together. You go to the shop and now, oh, they've got all these strains like named and you could kind of look at them and some of them were purple and you could like smell them. They smell like grapes. And this was very easy, <laughs> you know, like anybody could see this. And so that kind of created the whole cannabis thing uh, here. So, so when I was young, getting into all of that, um, I had to go to Amsterdam to experience it. So I just went and attended the Cannabis Cup as like an attendee for a while. And then I sold weed and at home, you know, and, and I grew a little bit, not anything serious. And so I started to learn from that part. And then as, uh, as I would go over there and then come back over here and then medical started to become a thing, I started to realize, oh, I, I have to kind of, I have to like work with these medical companies and, and like, I have to start learning how to like be involved with this. Mm -hmm. And um, I was writing on a website and I, so, so like there's the, the underground way of being involved with the medical dispensaries where you basically just sell them weed or, or have. Yeah, I know that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I sold them plants. Then there's like the public way, right? Where you're like, oh, okay, now I'm going to like be in the business like as a personality of some sort. And so I was writing on a website called Overgrow and it since has I know been it. eliminated. Yeah. So it was I used to go on their forums big time. Everyone in weed was on that website. Yeah, oh yeah. And so uh, I wrote this big thing about vaporizers because I was way into vaporizers when I, I was uh, into weed. And I, I had all these health problems and I started noticing like, oh, the more I can just kind of smoke the oil and like get away from the plant matter, the better I feel. And so at first that was vaporizing. The hash I could get in America was not what I wanted to smoke. We'll just put it that way. And uh, <laughs> you got spoiled. And so, yeah. And so then as the, the medical industry started to become a thing and then hash started to be get better and all of that stuff started to become a thing, like you could smoke better stuff. But bef like as that was happening, I wrote this vaporizer thing on Overgrow and a guy from Canada contacted me that was starting a magazine. It was called Treating Yourself Magazine. Oh. And uh, he gave me the opportunity. I was writing about MMA on MMA websites at that time. It was really underground. It was banned in most states. Uh, it was like this whole thing where it lived only on the internet. And so there was a huge opportunity to do stuff because people were staying away from it because oh, nice. there was limited stuff you could do. So I did that for a while. I wrote about it early on, and then he so I wrote this great article on the thing. He's like, hey, do you want to write for an actual magazine instead of just a website? And I said, yes, I do. And so he gave me the opportunity to write for Treating Yourself. And since I was in California and he was in Canada and, and he had a legal issue where he could not come to California. Mm. So I got to go to anywhere that would contact him. And our medical uh, cannabis was growing it was just a <laughs> all these new companies would be like yeah we want to get in the magazine uh -huh. and he would hit me up he'd say go visit so-and-so from steep hill or go visit you know all the newest big companies harborside go visit harborside 
And so it would be really cool for me as this person who loved cannabis and I like go and, and uh, I would have, so he did not pay me. I have to arrange oh. my own way of getting paid for doing this, right? Immediately, I thought like you were just getting paid expenses to go out and oh, and live God. the best life of weed. But yeah, you say that. No. You, you no. had to self-invest in yourself. Yeah, I had to pay for all this myself. And then if I could kind of arrange something with the person that I was meeting, like the sponsorship or sell them the hash that I made or whatever it was, you okay. know? Okay. So like... Uh, it worked out in different ways. Sometimes it would not work out, and I just paid money to go do one of these things, and it was just a cool experience. And maybe eventually down the line, it would come back to be helpful. But yeah, did, it, did you ever feel like everything you did paid off? I feel like that now, you know? But um, I mean, it had I mean, to be a time there. It just felt like rough because legalization yeah. or metal, that should all probably look so far like, away. I think I think we all kind of know that part in the um, uh, growing, you know, in the marijuana business where you feel like when you're doing it, you're like, is this really panning off? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you go through those, man. You know, where you're, you're, you know, <laughs> here to pay Paul. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been wanting to get involved and maybe step into the business side of it, but that's a lot of reason why I haven't. Is being being worrisome that something's going to be there to step on you right when you get out the gate and uh, everywhere you turn, there's just an obstacle. It is too. I, I feel you, Mike. It is. We've been out here trying to get into it ourselves out here in Washington. It's even hard to get into the damn, uh, the farmer's market to get a table, to be a vendor at, you know what I mean? It, it's so backed up. It's so hard to even move around because it's so flooded. You know what I mean? The way I always advise people is um, don't go into it for money because money's probably going to be not something you get right away. Right. Yeah. So if you can keep this going for a while, then money might come and, and you might be able to make this a problem. But you're going to have to start and build your own following. It's going to be very unlikely that your thing becomes hot and just takes off. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's 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 everything. That's everything. Everything takes time. Yep. You're gonna lose a lot of money because it's a lot of money and losing and learning. And then like the place that I watch, it's called Agro. We consider the tier two facility, which is a little mini facility, but I'm just gonna be honest, nigga, they made over a million a month. Easy. Shit. So it's money in the shit. You just gotta see it through. But my boss was the first nigga to have a dispensary at Tacoma. So he was doing it before it turned from medical to legal. He 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 stepped out there when nobody else was trying to step out there. So he reaped the benefits of being one of them guys now. Like Matt said, it's I seen Jeremy, you you write books too as well. Oh, this, this is true. Yeah, this, this is one of the books I seen that you, that you wrote. Jack yeah, it's about to come out. It's my first book. Oh, nice. It's about all the bad things that happened to me in the cannabis industry. So there's a lot of stories, robberies. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's, that's that's the marijuana shit right there. Yeah. Said, it says weed memoir and um, dangerous living. <laughs> Where can we find these books at? So it, I will be <laughs> announcing it when it comes out. That's actually a little uh, ahead of time. It's not okay. out yet. 
So, but they will be available everywhere you can find books online. Uh, I have a real publisher that published it. And so his, his uh, company is called the Sager Group. Uh -huh. so I believe he has a website that's called the same name. And you can kind of get a little bit of a, I, I know I have an author page on there. And I think the book has a page on there. But I don't think you can actually purchase the book or read the book anywhere uh, just yet. It's crazy that you uh, started, you say you started this this cannabis show because you went to another one and you seen the flaws. I'm a barber by trade and I did the same thing. I started going to barber competitions and I started seeing that it was not about natural, it was more about phony fake shit instead of real haircuts with real substance. So I, I used to always get mad and start promoting when they put the black die and all that at first i was against it i used to always say no beijing because people like me are natural artists and can get the same results with just hair the way we supposed to but then people's adding all these add-ons so i end up doing what you did i went to do a hair show but the only reason it didn't, i didn't pull it off is because that weekend of covid hit and it shut and shut the world down so i did like you i, I empower myself and say fuck it if i see a problem i'm gonna fix it yeah, yeah. Much the, the, the the COVID shut everything down, and the uh, cannabis uh, company blew up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something did really well. What yeah, are oh, we yeah, gonna do did. when we stay at home? We gonna smoke weed? What do you? What yeah, do you a lot of my movies did pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think you made you made a horror movie called Crave. You said it'll be out soon. Yeah, yeah. So that is actually my partner's movie. I took part in making it, but I was learning about uh, filmmaking. That's a narrative project. So that's my first uh, like theatrical narrative fiction type story. So uh, yeah, it was really fun to make. And a lot of the people involved with it have a history in independent film, especially uh, horror. And so we were able to get like some really cool stuff. And uh, I saw a cut of it and a lot of the special effects. People are talking about this movie right now called Terrifier. Uh -huh. I watched it and I thought our effects are really similar to the effects in that first Terrifier movie. So people that are a fan of that kind of horror will probably like what we made. So yeah, I got to do Monster. I got to do a bunch of cool stuff. Awesome, man. All right, yeah. tell us a little bit about the Cannabis Cup that you're having in January. So so my event, uh, we have a movie about it. It's called The Secret Cup. And uh, that is how I became a filmmaker. Because while we were doing these events, we realized that this was a very special thing. And we started to document it. And that eventually evolved into this film that we made. But the reason that the event was special was, uh, there's a number of reasons, but at the time, dabbing was coming out and we were uh -huh. forefront of dabbing. I won the Cannabis Cup for the first dabbing tool ever. Oh. Uh, yeah, so the, we were on that. Uh, <laughs> and um, we, we were popularizing it and I knew that the community was so small, we knew basically everybody in there. And when we would go to high times and stuff like that, they would like ban us from competing in certain hash competitions because they didn't like the kind of hash we were making. 
and et cetera, et cetera, right? So we, we decided, my partner really created it with some other people. And he, they, their idea was, what if we just told all the people that are the best in the industry, we know who they all are, that we're going to have a competition. And then we judge it in a more fair way. And that the people who judge the competition are also the people who are entering the competition. And then you just make a couple of different stipulations to prevent them from just voting for themselves. And then you, you basically have a more fair way of doing this. And so the very first one, it had like some flaws in the way the competition worked, but it was a good general concept and, and it, it produced a pretty authentic result in my opinion. And, um, and so from there, I actually went because I was writing for the magazine and I told my friend that I wanted to cover it for the magazine. So then I stayed at his place and I realized really, oh, he's totally overwhelmed by this <laughs> That he has decided to do and i was way deeper in the industry he had never gone to the cannabis cup in amsterdam like there's a lot of things that you know he had no business doing this thing that he was doing <laughs> <laughs> so i decided i want to help and so i immediately and, and i was able to organize everybody and people kind of respected me and listened to what i was saying right away but because of him and of what I knew about just competing in general. And so it worked. That first event really went off. And then I told him I wanted to do one in Los Angeles. And so that like my first Los Angeles event, it was crazy. It got raided by the police, but it was like of old. It was a huge success also. That's what I was gonna say. That makes, that makes it a big success right there. Yeah, right. right. It makes it authentic. And so it, it was like this adventure. And that began the adventure. And so, uh, like me, a few other people from other cities had told them, hey, we want to do the event too in our city. And so they were getting ready to do their events, but he had no faith that they could do what I did. You know, I had a background in kind of like new people who did this sort of thing. And I really put it together. So, Jeremy, can I ask you this? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, your boy, me, Casino G, I don't, you know, me, I'm a trapper. You know, I, I trapped for years ago, you know, and all that. But listen, when you got raided, right, by the police, did you, I know you're like, damn, sucks. But then and in the back of your mind, it was it anywhere like, okay, I'm, I'm making it. I'm making, you know, I'm making some noise out here. You know what I mean? After, after. So, like, this was yeah, all. after, that's what I mean, after. Yeah, yeah. At this time, uh, when we threw this event, nobody had done stuff like this you know I, I went to high times high times had done an event in la and i remember asking them i'm like how are you allowing the booths to sell weed at the booth and they're like we just told them they could grease <laughs> in pockets you're rolling the dice you're just saying okay hopefully nothing bad happens yeah. and, uh, they were playing in this world where it was a gray area we had medical cannabis in theory, these were medical events. And uh -huh. So you were, like, there was this weird gray area where they couldn't just like raid them and shut them down. And even my event, like I say it got raided, but it got raided because um, a girl that I had been seeing got mad about some stuff involving the event. And she called in a rape in progress. Well, she had her boyfriend. So you saying pussy some drama? Yeah, it was, it was Always. drama. Always. Yeah, hey, can I? Can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. 
Never mind. Never mind. We'll be keeping it professional. We'll be keeping it professional. I think I know. I think I know. They showed up to the event. They knew it was bullshit. And they had raid stuff, like the shield. They had the whole, like, riot gear. Oh, damn. Yeah. And so I didn't know. I'm like, okay. And up to this point, my experience with cannabis and, like, the law was Uh they give you the worst. It's, like, worse than being a murderer. You get more time for drugs than you do murder. Right. So I'm like, okay, here they are in riot gear. This this is not looking good for me. But then they had a a good attitude. They're like, we know this is bullshit. We just got to walk through. And I'm like, okay. And so I I handled it. That whole story is in my book. Read about it. So uh, with that being said, Jeremy, we like to say we would love to be a part of Cannabis Club. And we would love to be a part of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, stories I'm, I'm, I got hired by a company in Barcelona to do an event called the American Auto Flower Cup. Yeah. And that was going to be in Los Angeles in uh, January of 2023. So at the end of January, I'm doing this event. And, yeah, I will shoot you guys the RSVP link, and you can uh, invite whoever you want to it, you know? So, Jeremy – experience <laughs> uh, about about autoflower and how how did that come about because that's one thing over the years that has really people. took over the scene i mean 20 years ago people were were, were making fun of autoflower oh, yeah. right? hey, but you know what you know? and now it's I, and they I, I don't know. I was going to ask Jeremy that question. Like, what is the best autoflowers? Because me personally, I still don't like autoflowers. So, yeah, there's so many now. And it's really niche. It, it was niche. I mean, there's certain markets now or growing seasons where you can really thrive with autoflowering. And yeah, probably. A lot of growers. I need, I, need to, I need to figure it out. And I need to find out what what, he, what he, I need to ask him what the best yeah. autoflowers. How did cause... you get involved with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is kind of new to me, too. But... Um, I did an event in Spain in 2015, and uh, that event was crazy. And, and, and in that event, I met all a bunch of people that are involved in the Spanish uh, cannabis scene out there. And when I was doing that event, we rented a house, and I, I rented out rooms to different people in the house. And so this company from Russia had <laughs> rented out one of the rooms. And I met these two guys. They were young guys, and they had a new seed company that they were promoting. It was 2015, and it was all autoflowers. Everything they had was autoflower. And in in the United States, autoflowers were demonized. That they, they were, yeah. Looked at so can we stop and tell what autoflower is? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of quickly give that. So yeah. uh, there is some debate whether it is truly ruderalis or whether it is just hemp. But the idea is that there uh, are indica plants, there are sativa plants that are traditionally photoperiod, meaning they change based on the light, based on the sun. Uh, uh, and then autoflowers don't change that way. They come from a period where, like, you know, there's certain parts of the world where they just have 24-hour sun for months. Uh, uh, they, they come from a part of the world where they got acclimatized to that, and so they don't grow based on photo. They just grow from maturity. So you plant your autoflower seed, and it grows from seed to flowering plant, regardless of what, or what. And it's going to be done in, say, 
you know, anywhere from as little as 45 days yep. to as much as... So basically, it do its own thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay, listen. Okay, 45 days till what? Uh, maybe 90 days. No. There's certain okay, makes sense. 90 days. Okay, okay, listen. One thing I don't like about autoflowers, you know what I mean? So, you know, because, you know, us medical grows on the side of the map over here. You know, we all try to, you know, it's all about trying to get your crop, you know, done fast as possible and properly. You know what I mean? You know, we ain't trying to rush, but we want to get it done right. You know what I mean? So, most packages, when you get autoflower seeds, they'll tell you from when it's going to be done. It says flowering time, whatever, so many days. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a ballpark. Every fucking package I got from autoflower fucking live. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna probably add, they're gonna really sell the, the quickness of it. Fucking liars, man. They're, they're best phenotype, but you're gonna hunt for that phenotype. It might yeah, not yeah. be That's every plant. It ain't selectively bred. Yeah, and I think and I and I think every outer flower I got, it took three months for the flowering part to get done. I think. I think or at least two months. You know what I mean? It took way longer. It was like it always said like 40 something days to 51 days or something. And I That's swear to God, I'd be like, what the fuck? This shit is not done. You know what I mean? Like, this shit is not done. Not even close. It's a fair estimate that pretty much everything is at least two months, I would say. I mean, and I feel like, and if I, if I, and I feel like if it's going to be like, I, I know the, the one, the autoflowers I did grow, it took like two months <laughs> for them to bud. You know what I mean? To finish the budding cycle. So I'm thinking myself, Hey, if I'm doing that, I'm all just not even fuck with the auto flowers, and I and I fuck with my you know original strands, man. Where I get to manipulate, you know, do make the plant big as I want, cause I know yeah. with the with the auto flower, I can't get this motherfucker as big as I want, cause it's gonna do what it wants to do, then go in the flower whenever it wants to. I think there's some debate on that too. That maybe auto flowers are more appearing appealing for amateur growers that aren't really on it that much. And they don't want to think about a lot of the things. They just want to kind of water a plant, and then uh, as, yeah. as the northeast as the northeast becomes medical and recreational, allowing allowing people to grow, that's going to open up a whole market for them. Not just we're amateurs too, but growing yeah. outdoors, we we have such selective stuff we could put out here in New York. And that's basically why I am doing this event. This company from Barcelona has seen what happened in Europe. The autoflower. Uh, world has exploded. In yeah, and it excites me too, man. I, I really want to see what happens. So they want to do it over here. There's a few companies that are doing it here. Um, Mephisto Genetics is one that I know everybody thinks is really good. But I awesome. think as you kind of go, I'm learning too. And and I'm kind of going to experience a lot of this with you guys as I do this event. And I see these growers that are making these claims that they can have cannabis that's as good as photo period cannabis and that their testing results are showing that their cannabis has results that are similar to photo period cannabis. Okay. So that's what the event is going to do. We're going to have testing results publicly shown. We're going to have all this cannabis judged by private judges, but then also available to kind of see for the people that attend the event. And the goal is to kind of network and, and, and authentically look into this and see if we are, uh, are we ready to advance this on or does it need some more work in this way or that? And let's be constructive about that. And how are you picking your judges? You were talking about before, what, what were your judges picked on? Yeah. So I, I chose my, all my judges based on a meritocracy. So I looked at that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, listen, you don't know me. I don't know you. Don't be using those big ass words. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> they have merits. 
I'm a little, hey, don't worry. I'm a little slow, Jeremy. <laughs> I was trying to ask earlier about the internet. Have you ever thought about doing an internet vote? Because the only true votes in any competition come from the that's the fan. You're in the matrix. How can the internet vote? I'm tired of breaking up on this fucking show. Yeah, I've done events. We did have internet votes. We came up with categories like your favorite uh, company that did this or, or, you know, that. Things where you didn't have to smoke an entry to be able to judge. Right? I'm I'm trying to smoke an entry. There's some value to that. There's also some not value to that. Internet people like to make their own little campaigns to win. Yeah, brigading. And, uh, you know, it can be kind of fun depending upon who is really good at uh, reaching people on the internet. So I got In my competition, I was going to make it 50% 50 of the vote, and then the other was live, live judging. So they would have had to come together with their scores. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. What we did at the Secret Cup is I, I wrote a series of categories that were all based on, you know, things that were obvious, like color, smell, taste, like obvious things. And oh, then right. um, you got you gave it a number, and then all those numbers were added up, and uh-huh. then all the judges would have all their numbers kind of added up, uh-huh. and then we, we would. Divide that amongst judges, and we would get an average of of each score. And the highest average amongst each uh, judge, all each category, and each judge would win the event, right? And we also did testing results, so we would have highest CBD and highest THC and highest terps and like all of those things. And it was really interesting to sound like a party because, like, highest terps almost never won the event. You know? <laughs> like, it would be interesting, like the top three ones, it wasn't always like, oh, the highest THC is the winner. You know, it was almost never that way. Oh, yeah. So you learn a lot by doing the different All right, man, I'm ready to have some fun, man. We can't hold stay. On, hold on, hold on. I got, okay. I got one more question. I got one all more right, question. All right, man. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I don't dab. I am a cannabis cultivator myself. And, uh, I've, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on this dab on the internet, how it's starting to people are linking it to like sarcosis and stuff. Okay. Oh, so, so are, are you meaning like, um, uh, what, what is it? Too much dab making them go. Yeah. Starting to make them go crazy. Too much dabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is not just dabbing. So, uh, this is a thing that, uh, I believe there's a book about this and it's actually a really good book. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the book, but it's something to do with like, tell your children, I think it might be the name of the book, but it, it, it really documents a lot of what we're seeing. And the question is this, right? So we're seeing a, ra- a rise in schizophrenia in people who consume cannabis. And oh. is cannabis causing that or is this a natural rise caused by something else other than cannabis yeah you know see i've been seeing a lot of these news articles they're just linking it to the dab you know what i mean and and, and I, I, was I, saying, I was thinking 
There's I was a lot of myself. evidence that it is from cannabis. Oh, oh. I was thinking, that book name's I was right. Myself, I was like, maybe the dab is because a lot of people are making dab but don't really know how to make dab. You know what I mean? And I'm like, not, is it a lot, not, a lot hey, of bad you know, dab? You, you know what's crazy about that because, you know, back in the day, you know, like when I used to be trapping, you know what I mean, for the police hitting me before I went to the pen. I ain't gonna lie, when you be up for like a day and a half fully trapping and you try to, you know, sometimes I used to hit the weed to try to get myself back up and I ain't gonna lie, it used to make me more paranoid and more geeked up thinking everybody was the police. You know what I mean? And I and and that does and it and it kind of makes sense when he says that because I'm thinking it never did really never help me stay up. It made me kind of tweak out. It made me geek up on everybody thinking every cell was trying to set me up. I like to I, think, I like to explain it. If you consume enough cannabis, you probably are going to get to a point where you get kind of panicky. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. We're gonna move on. Man, today we're going to have a little fun in the spirit of Halloween before we start that. I wanted to play something that my that Matt the Man wanted us to hear. I think it's hilarious this lady has lost her damn mind. So y'all bear with me. It makes more sense, in my opinion, to offer abortion services up until a child is 18 years old. Because until they reach, a, reach adulthood, we don't know if they're going to be a productive member of society. So based on the argument that we have heard today, we should allow it up until they are adults. We should solve many problems. Think of the disruptions in school, bad behavior, anything. If you could just say to your child, well, I'm sorry, you're misbehaving, you're not going to be a productive member of society, or you're going to have a hard life, let's go off to the abortion clinic. <laughs> and it would be more humane for that child, because we know what abortion looks like in the womb, and it is horrible. This bit's on my murder. more humane to simply go to the abortion clinic and have the child put to sleep. Would you not agree? Like a bad dog. I mean, at some point, it's just has to be trolls, right? This has to be trolls. No, like bro. Video. That was during a live discussion, like oh, a debate, she? bro. Crazy. Yeah, we was in a debate, like really preaching this in a real live debate with chairman. So, like, oh, like, like to just push the extreme to make a point, right? So I, yeah. I don't know what kind of point. She said basically, if your kids are bad and not productive, just drop them off at the pound to get euthanized. Yeah. Mikey, his mind is blowing right now. He's like, what the fuck? Wait, is that a possibility? <laughs> we could do that? I'm very shocked. My <laughs> it sounds hey, let me see your guys' report card. <laughs> let me see your report card. Oh, it's bad. It's time to go to the report. So I got a question. Can you use to not your wife? What? They talking about euthanizing kids? Only if she's under the age. Under of age yeah, kids. right. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's horrible. You guys is horrible for that. All right, man. We gonna move along. We gonna move along. Today, a 23 year old man was sent was arrested last night for slapping 25 bitches. He said. He was tired of bitches playing games, so he went to the liquor store on 71st and State, bought a fifth of Hennessy, and got pissy drunk. Then he proceeded to walk down the street 
and slap the dog shit out of every bitch he approached. <laughs> I don't want to laugh, that's but that's not funny. He been every time he turned around, a bitch was fucking him off or turning him down, that, bro. That could have turned that could have turned to a murder. What if the bitch had the, the glock the glocker? Hey, people is stupid, man. <laughs> she could have popped the fuck out of that nigga. He was slapping oh, that was playing with him. That's all that matters. That he walked mm-hmm. on the street with baby powder. <laughs> hey, he was getting them right for Halloween. He wanted everybody to play along. Oh man, he said that nigga walk around. Oh, baby. Shit. No, 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 no. In the spirit of Halloween, <laughs> start off with this: the meat, the nasty. But this foot. Oh. I thought that was the afterbirth, uh, the the abortion, and the inside that lady was talking about. <laughs> Man, it's gross. That's just the start. It is a foot. That is horrible. Ugh. It, well, I got him a shark. What the hell? I don't know what diabetes foot. That's yeah, diabetes. that's what that looked like. And you learn, oh, you lose, it's you like lose. And what is the other yeah. one? Uh, you learn, you lose nerve feeling. They don't even feel it, and they don't look. All at right, man. This is danger shocks. This is a massive explosive first strike exit wound to the head from a 30 I six from a hunting rifle. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Now that looks like a special effect. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. yeah we made stuff like, like that. Hey, that was a that was that special effect was uh I don't know, man. That was bad. <laughs> that's horrible. Say that's not I such a guess. special effect. Yeah, and this right here is a man. He he built an apparatus where you pull a string on the oh, rifle God. and he committed suicide. He, he could have did that with his own toe. He yeah, he could He got Wade. Wade, what's the name of for it to do that? That was and all the I, thought. He built that because it was the thought. He didn't know if he wanted to do it or not. Then he put all the work in and wanted to see if it worked or not. He oh. just had to pull that shotgun in his mouth, put his toe in the trigger, and it could have done the same thing. Hey, this is a female corpse. And the remains of what, what it looked like after a German Shepherd got to the bottom. Wow. Oh. Oh, German yeah. Shepherd? German Shepherd did that to her. Jesus, the Halloween. Was she already dead? Was he she already dead or he killed her? It was just the corpse. And I guess he ate her. And then the German Shepherd. Casino ain't liking this. (laughs) This right here is uh I thought that was Matt for a minute. Like that. They dissected the skin off the face. Looks like that cartoon character with that nose has that trumpet <laughs> nose. Yeah. <laughs> they dissected it and they said you gotta be careful for not to tear. <laughs> oh, like, oh, that is horrible. This right here is, <laughs> oh man. This right here is the scene of a, a murder suicide. This man stabbed this lady over a hundred and some times in the back of the head and all that. Then he stabbed himself one time. And take a different oh, type of, Hey, you take a different type of Stab yourself. That's strong-minded. 
I don't know if that's no. wrong. Do that to yourself. All of those bitches. All of those. Nah, he's a piece of shit. That's coward shit. Um, yeah. Um, courtesy of um Herman the Shock. Herman the Shocker. He had horrible stuff. Yeah, he's a whore. Yeah. Oh my god, that stuff was horrible. That was just like that ain't even the worst stuff that was on his page. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> this shit over here reminded me. Remember that shit you could get on the internet, Faces of Death? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, that's what that shit just was reminding me of right there. Come on. All right. Shit. All right. Jason, it's basically in the hood. You think you're getting away, but you trip. What do you trip over? Oh, another dead body. <laughs> I'm gonna trip over some some stick or something for moving so damn fast. <laughs> That's what I thought too. Like a brand. I'm brand. Trip over hey, trying to move over too fast. Trip over your own foot. Something. Yeah, right. My leg don't touch the ground. Something. I'm, fall. I'm falling. I'm going down. All right, let's see. Uh, what we got? All right. That's a birthday cake. This is the birthday. This is the cake. It's a bomb. They made oh, yeah, a million cake, put a million joints at the top, and a smoking apparatus. It's, this was natural. This was originally a video. I snapped. I snapped the video because it was moving so fast. I thought this was amazing. She was moving. It was smoking. Right. I'm saying all my joints are gonna be lit though. She yeah, um, like, I, I think um, I think she it was long but it was just one. God, he gotta mute his shit. Yeah. Scotty, you gotta mute your shit, bro. Yeah, man, that's why I kicked him out the first time. <laughs> oh, he's doing too much. Yeah, he, he's trying to be at the bar or something. He just think it's celebrity. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what he think this is. This ain't the Scotty show. Yeah, it's sure is not. <laughs> All right, man, we're moving on. Chicago lady, she was pregnant. Chicago woman pregnant. She stabs her boyfriend several times and kills him. Over an argument of who's gonna use the microwave. Do you all see what color she is? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> we knew he was coming with it. I knew that was coming. Okay, Keisha Goldman, 33, is charged with first degree murder. Prosecutor said that she is eight months pregnant with a deceased man's child. Around 3 a.m. Sunday, Golden and the 30 year old man allegedly argued in the kitchen of their west side home over who would use the microwave first. Several of the family members were there too. Golden knocked the man's plate of food out of his hand and then pushed her into a counter. The man's uncle broke the couple up. The man went to a bedroom and laid down according to the prosecutor. Golden entered the bedroom with a knife. A few moments later, the prosecutor said the uncle put his arm out to stop her, but she lunged around him and stabbed the man once in the thigh. Severing his femoral artery, he died a short time later. And, and you know, you know, you know, the sad part about it is, look at her mug picture. 
her whole face is like, yep, did that. Yeah, I don't give a care. Listen, yep. well, that shit that. builds up, right? That shit builds he up. Right? Out his hand. He just pushed her in the corner. I ain't condoning putting your hands on women, but she started that. Like, he was three plus, like, gone. Then he went and laid down. He was mad, frustrated. She came in there and stabbed him. Why somebody try to stop her? Oh, my God. Toxic. Oh my yeah. god. The over the, look, 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 you know the, the cold the cold part about it is over the microwave. The microwave. Well, that's what I'm saying. They you know they're fighting over everything, right? That shit was building up. Ma- hey, can y'all imagine? Can y'all imagine what she would have did when she was a kid over the easy bake? Oh man. All right, all right, man. Imagine. Your phone, your hair loading like this. Imagine if every morning you woke up, you was bald, and it took time for your hair to grow back. Which Afro <laughs> hey, let me, let me, <laughs> hey, look, look, some of you, hey, some of you niggas, if we let our hair grow, it will be like that. <laughs> How about you, Casino? Would your hair be like it, that? It, it, it won't say fifty percent. Probably say seventy-five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, man. All right. All right, this this is a message to the drug dealers. He said, don't get powder from Chris and Tarpon. Fuck, nigga, you going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> He's snitching. He's snitching. He's snitching, nigga. That remind me, that remind me of an episode on cops. The lady flagged the cops down. He like, what do you want? What's the problem? She was like, she sold me this for $20. <laughs> that nigga is snitching. He said, don't get it from well, hey, hey, If more people box their dealer online, maybe they'll stop cutting their shit with shit that's killing people. Hey, that's true, though. Then I'm going to say this to the world. Hawk, people people should trust all, their dealers, man. It all is becoming a real problem. People are dying every day of this level. Man. And people are still trying to get it. Like, oh yeah, you loud man. We got nigga. I, nigga, I heard that they had the fentanyl in the weed. Oh yeah, they was doing it down here. People was overdosing. That oh, is crazy. And then at first they like was trying to say, like Mike said, you gotta know your dealer. Yeah, and grow your own. Grow your and own. Be your own grower. Yeah, grow hey, your own. Let me. Tell you, I'm tell you like this, man. I'm a medical patient. And, and sometimes I get my weed from the medical place. Let me tell you something. If I smoke me a blunt and I pass out and I survive and they tell me, nigga, I smoke some phenol blunt, nigga, that I rolled up from the goddamn medical place, I'm allegedly smoke that goddamn medical place up. I'm shooting that shit up. <laughs> oh, God, nigga. That's crazy. All right, man. We got a washer and a dryer set for sale. $400 for the set. <laughs> Like <laughs> <laughs> hey, wide body. And the internet is mean, man. Yeah, it is. The internet is mean. Every day I find stuff on the internet, they be going in. Like um, let me see. Like this. <laughs> I wish a ninja would. <laughs> they mean, man. They mean. Okay, we're gonna get to the real story today. <coughs> Ex-sheriff deputy charged with selling guns and used fatal school shoot. This dude um, mm-hmm. 
sold the guns, sold them to minors. They shot up a school. Then he sold the school shooting gun to an undercover FBI officer. Okay. Yeah, what, what his name is, um, Emery Armand, Rashad Armand. He's, um, he, um, starts with, um, selling those, um, stolen guns, revolvers, and all of that. He's a minor. A, I swear yeah, I was just sold. reading a story about a, a PA sheriff or state police that was trafficking <laughs> drugs, too. Yeah, this dude is, um, the, um, Philly, um, sheriff. He sold semi-automatic pistols for three thousand. Two pistols that was um in the um Roxburgh High School shooting in Philadelphia. Uh, mm. that, hey, I ain't gonna lie. If there was an underground fucking museum or something, that shit would be in it though. That type of shit. Yeah, this dude. Some some weird motherfucking collector would pay big money for that shit. What didn't he get caught for? What else this did he is, put on the streets? This is one of those things that um make people um not trust the police. You know what I'm saying? Where it gives the police a bad name. And the police always trying to say um not all cops are bad, but hey, just put it in your face. They caught this look, we all remember in school when you're supposed to be quiet. And one kid keep being bad, they fuck it up for the whole class. They taught us all young. It happens that way. One person fuck it up for everybody, bro. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Um, um, let's move on to San this person wrote, Santa can break into your crib, but when my cousin do it, it's a problem. <laughs> hey, people, people be creative. On the internet too. Yeah, it's only different well, because Santa, you're leaving you gifts. Know, you're kind yeah, of taking them. Like I'm taking <laughs> gifts. Yeah. Cause look, cause look, Santa's not a smoker. <laughs> yeah, it's loud over there, Scotty. We gotta read. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, my comment would have been Santa's not a smoker. You feel me? <laughs> nigga, your your cousin, he dressing up as Santa Claus when he coming in like nigga crackhead smoky. He breaking in the house. He, yeah. He, he's just breaking in the house. All right, man. This person wrote, imagine living, imagine liking both genders and you're still single. you really by yourself. Oh, wow. That's a good one. That was good, man. That was good. Hey, I feel yeah. like them guys or them people that go both ways and don't get no place still, their life really sucks, bro. You're really like, you, what is that? Your game level is at zero. Okay. Well, that's just corny enough to be a dad joke. Okay, Hogs and Jeremy, we're going to play a game. I'm going to show you a picture. Y'all got to tell me what this girl is going to do without without saying anything nasty. All right, bet. Bet. A good uh, job. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to do a good job. She's about to do a good job. It was funny, man. What y'all what, what got for me? What y'all got for me? Without yeah. saying nothing nasty? Without oh. saying nothing nasty. Oh, she's taking a flight to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> she's going downtown. Y'all <laughs> silly, man. Y'all silly, man. <laughs> 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 man. 
Let me see what we got. Okay. It says, I see Jody with Yvette. What movie is yeah. this? Baby Boy. Baby Boy. <laughs> hey, it look exactly like the car, man. I said, oh, man. Oh, man. Right. That's like every car in California, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeremy can attest to that. He's in California. He's in is, California. Is, is that a fact, Jeremy? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when I went to Cali, I seen it. I said, damn, everybody got their baby boys. <laughs> all right, all right, gang. All right, hogs. They offer you $80 an hour to clean the cemetery alone from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. You're taking I'm on it or not? Right now. I'm on it right now. Right now. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> what? Are you serious? What you say, Jeremy? I said I'd do it too. Yeah, what? You tripping? What's going to happen to you? I don't think Everybody did. Oh, already did. What does that put you yeah. at? Yeah. Hey, listen. Let me. Hey, let me tell you something, nigga. It and and if and if they do come out the uh grave, you're gonna be like, ooh, I get to smoke me some dummies. You stupid. I'm running. Some, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm running. Not me, nigga. I'm I'm like, nigga, it's real life. Why well, I'm calling my niggas? Hey, get all your guns out, nigga. We out here. It's real life. Uh, the nigga Resident Evil out here. The ghost. Y'all gonna be ghost busting, huh? You ghost busting there, calling hey, the guns out. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, if you really think of it, they said dead hours like two, two to three o'clock in the morning. By the time I, I'm like, hey man, the, the people are coming out the ground. I already got up. I'm only missing two hours, so I did my shift. It's good. And then, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll miss two hours. You know what I mean? I, I'll leave. You know, a little early because they started tripping. I'm good on that. I'm good. Eighty dollars. Oh, I don't know. Eighty dollars an hour. That's a lot. That's cool, bro. I'm doing that. I'm yeah, I don't know. I'm scared of that. Am I doing it? What? I'm scared of that. People. I'm on that. Y'all know Nick Cannon is on. Gonna have his twelfth, eleven. He's gonna have his eleventh and twelfth kid. They said this is Nick Cannon <laughs> taking his kids trick or treating. He <laughs> got a whole tribe. <laughs> That ain't nothing. My daddy had 19 kids. Hey, yeah, the man, he, he's having his 11 kids. So he's having his 11th and 12th at the same time. <laughs> nigga, my dad had 19 kids, nigga. Oh, you did say your daddy was a bad yeah. nigga. His daddy was a bad His daddy was Helping the congregation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was helping the congregation. Making them pass out. Oh. Hey, what is the one thing you absolutely can't live without? Water and air. You need water. And my kids. No, I my kids. I ain't without my kids. I can't live without weed. <laughs> no, I can't live without my kids. I can I'm live more kids. He said they're replaceable. <laughs> I think about replacing them all the time. Then I realize what I got. And I said, damn, what so, if I get some other kids and they're fucked do. up? Nigga. But real talk, it kind of feels impossible nowadays to live without the internet. It really does. Yeah, he did say that. He can't live without the internet. 
Like, yeah, because right thought, now, when I thought about goes. it, like it kind of feels hard. Like it would feel impossible just to keep it, the same stand without the internet. No, no, because the world moved so right. fast with technology. You have to have technology. You got to have internet now. I mean, for I real can. Money. I mean, no, don't get it wrong. I can live without it. Yeah, I'll see. No, no, I mean, like, it will be hard to live without I'll it. Be over the world works around like, connect, the internet. To connect with all you guys, it would be, I wouldn't connect with you guys if we didn't have the internet. Yep, you can. We're going to go Tell back to the internet and just sit on the you phone. Hey, you can do like, hey, Mike, you can do like those um commercials used to do the, um, the one nine seven um commercial <laughs> like party line. Hey y'all, y'all seen Scotty? He was over there pounding shit. Yeah, he was. Nobody can't help that you all loud somewhere. You don't close me. <laughs> oh, he was. Oh, he was pounding. He was pounding. He was pissed. <laughs> well, all right, man. We are gonna move along. It's a um, you hoes just got only fans. Y'all need to dress up like a piano since you let everybody hit. I like that. <laughs> I knew you was gonna say that. I like that. I picked you stuff just for your mind, just for your personality. Just, just you know, I always, always feel that way anyway on Halloween. I feel like I can say I feel like eighty percent of women and girls dress up yeah, who they really are. <laughs> no, for real. I feel like everybody has. A, I feel like everybody has imagination and who they want to be. They let it come out on Halloween. But that's all right. Though. You should have a day. Because listen, let me party right. And these, it was cracking right. And these, there's hoes out there, bro. They're dressed like Vegas strip girls and shit, bro. And it's outside, bro. And they're freezing, you know, freezing their ass off. I'm like, damn. I said, everybody want to be a hoe. Never thought about dressing up like an Eskimo hoe tonight, huh? These bitches looked at me. I'm like, y'all standing outside. The doors open. They're sitting. <laughs> All right. We're up by the mountains and shit. Hey, before we get any farther, 318, welcome to the party, man. He said he can't live exactly. without his kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, he comes to hang out with us every week, so. Welcome to hey, the party, man. Welcome to the party. Hey, you, and the only reason why I say that is because when you see social media, you see all these girls acting like hoes. Now, you see them act like hoes, right? And just because it's Halloween, well, they dress up Playboy bunnies and shit. Uh-huh. Pinata. A lot of this year, I see the girls dress up as um, cartoon characters, like old cartoon characters like Velma and anime stuff. Real sexy, raunchy anime stuff like that. You know what I'm saying that's that's what I, you've been seeing lately. Like they've been doing a lot of cosplay. It's a lot of anime, like a lot of anime. Oh, yeah, sexy Freddy Krueger. Yeah, sexy Freddy. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I seen a lot of that last night. That's funny you said that. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> All right. All right, man. This is the story I wanted to talk about. This dude. Gregory Green is a monster. He fucking this dude. This dude right here. Somebody said they can't wait till the documentary come out. They better not make a documentary about this dude. This dude, he killed his pregnant wife. Then he called the police and waited for them to come and get him. He served 16 years, got out on parole with the support of his family, church, and a pastor. When he got out, he married the pastor's daughter built a family with her. Then he ended up killing her four kids in front of her, watching her, making her watch. Then he tried to kill her and she escaped. 
Then he called the police again and stayed and waited for them. They gave this oh. 47 years to 104 years. This, this Bro, dude is an animal. He's a real sick old animal. Hey, where's you know that lady that was talking about euthanizing shit? No, hey, I'm gonna keep it real. And you know who I blame? I blame Ooh. her. Ooh. The girl that they got her kid her kids killed. Should have known better. Thank you. Yeah. Listen, let me I tell you something. Me. I blame and her. And no, listen. No. Okay, listen. After he murdered his first pregnant wife. All Yo, right, so that, that's what I'm saying. And that's that, what though. I'm saying. He killed his own kids, right? You, and then you're gonna get with him and think he's not gonna kill you and your fucking kids? No, what's wrong with you? Yeah, but there's also a judge that let that do it out. Yeah, the judge, the, the judge is hold on. Two of the four kids that he killed to hers was his own kids. He killed two of his own kids too. Yeah, but yeah, but. But when you kill a, yeah. a baby in the stomach, nigga, you really a cold bastard. They, they thought oh, when you uh, kill your kids that you watch grow up, you're sick. Yeah, nigga, he been sick. Yo, what did you say, time. Jeremy? What did you say, Jeremy? They thought that going to church fixed him. For sure. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You're right. And she vouched right. for him too. That's yeah. probably what they did. Oh, he saved by the blood of Jesus. No, he killed them, man. That dude is sick. And that happened all in Detroit. If everybody want to know, that's in Detroit. Don't mess with them Detroit people. They kill you and then come back and kill more people. That shit is, that shit. It was sick. It was sick. That's the real life Michael Myers. Listen, yeah, and it's weird because, listen, I, you know, I got friends. Look, oh, I talked to this guy in prison. What is he in there for? Oh, it's funny. He, 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 he. What do you mean it's funny? What do he do? Oh, he bashed his baby mama head in with a pan. Really? And you think that's funny and cute? But he had a good reason. Oh, he got a good reason? Yeah, he lied to her. That's a good reason? What the fuck is wrong with you? And you like that? Listen, when he get out of prison, he gonna bash your head into the ground, too. And you, gonna might, you might not make it. 318 said he deserved more than 47 to 104 years. I think he deserved take him out in the back and fire squad. Yeah, the nigga, the, the people like that, they shouldn't get the electric chair. <laughs> fire squad. Fry, just fry his ass. Eye for eye. I firmly believe an eye for eye. I, I'm sorry. All right, we're going to move on, man. We're moving on. Could you stay in a house for two weeks and you cannot look out the blinds? If you can do that, you get 100K. Can you do that? Yep. Yeah. Stay in the house for two weeks without looking out the windows in the blinds. Yep. Yep. It would feel like a damn jail cell. Hell no. Hey, I did it before, before. So I could do it. You, you can do it. Motherfucker been there before. Hey, that's what I said. That's what I said for crimes. You, Whatever crime you did, you should get it done back to you. <laughs> Straight up, you commit a heinous crime. I think it should be done back to you. You rape somebody, you should get raped. <laughs> For real. The same thing. Same you type take of the rape out of there. Because them some motherfuckers might get off on there and be like, yep, that's just what I've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy, man. Anybody's stuff getting taken 
Day, trying to give it Back up. to the like, guillotine days. I'm right, with man. this fucking head. All right, I'm going to go to this story. This story was a little bit sad. It was heartbreaking. I only want to share this story because it was sad. So let me get all the information real quick. Bear with me. All right, this story is... Okay, it's a... Say, my name is Jaheim McMillan. I am 15 years old. On Thursday, October 6, 2022, a Gulfport, Mississippi police officer shot me in the head in front of my front of a Family Dollar retail store. While my hands were up, I was so scared. The officer who shot me left my body on the floor and watched me bleed out. The officer also refused to let anyone help me or render aid to me. I did not deserve to die. My mommy, Katrina Mateen, and my family are in the world of pain right now. The Gulfport Police Department, uh, Gulfport Police Chief, refused to let my mom see the body camera footage that shows how the police officer murdered me in cold blood. The Gulf Course, Gulfport Police Chief is trying to cover up my murder, and the officer who murdered me has not been charged with my murder yet. Will you help me? Will you help my mom get justice on behalf? I was only 15 years old, and I have my entire life ahead of me. Will you donate? I ain't saying nothing about donating. Blah, blah, blah. I say, will you help him? You know what I'm saying? I only did that because this story was sad. It was tragic. So I wanted, I wanted to find out more about it. Stuff like that. It's no information out there about how this young man died. Like, of course. The police week. are trying to cover it up. Of course there's not. It's sad. Oil, baby. That was like sad. But this only one side of the story. So this is the side of the story that the victims write. Saying. So I want to hear the other side of the story. Because that's where you find the truth. In between the two lies. <laughs> so it's a sad story. Yeah. All right, man. We're moving on, man. Um. One gotta go. All day music. Oh. Mine is. I'm going to keep down on the left. With I'm keeping hair. talking. Do do? One oh, gotta go. Brown, he... Oh, yeah, Tupac Brown, gotta go. You just caught the Tupac has to leave the scene. You just caught the virtual. Yeah, so many artists became who they are because Tupac. You know what I'm going to say. Anything with Tupac, I'm picking Tupac. <laughs> Just to get a rise out of my guys. All right. Hold on, man. What do we got over here? All right. Steve Austin revealed that he turned to medical marijuana after quitting drinking to help him relax and help him stay away from booze. Kudos and congratulations to Steve Austin. I wish we could see him wrestling, though. Like, like Matt, like Matt said, hey, like Matt says, Steve Austin is stoned cold now. Stone <laughs> cold. Yeah, I like that. That's good He's shit. Stone cold now. Like I said, I want to see him wrestle though. He's to smash the beers together. Now we can just see him two smash two joints and just rip it. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, fellas. All right, fellas. Fellas, hogs, men in the world. This is your, how your girl is. This is how dudes is on your girl when she has a work husband. 
This is how they be on your girl while she at work. Believe it. That's, that's Jody, right, Scotty? Jody. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you heard it. <laughs> my, my wife works from home. <laughs> my wife works from home. <laughs> All right, man. If y'all have a good time, man, and y'all want to find out how y'all um, listen to more of the Power Hogs. And find us, y'all can stream, literally stream the Plowhawks on all of these platforms. You know what I'm saying, and more. You know what I'm saying, it's just a little bit that we have, courtesy of Anchor. You know what I'm saying, that's the ones that we can get on Anchor. So. No websites I've been running to. We got the blog. I tried to unmute you, Scotty. I can't unmute you, but since I can't unmute you, this hot Scotty looking. Ain't he looking like this. <laughs> 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 I pissed off. I cannot unmute him though. Well, it's been like real. It's been fun. Appreciate you, Jeremy, for ha- coming on the show. Hey, who's gonna see this bullshit happen? Not me. I do. I, I want to see. That. I want to see AB beat Romero. I, I think AB will beat Roley, but I don't want to see that bullshit because Roley's just trying to get his. Confidence back up. And AB want a name. AB is oh, drunken in debt. He needs some money. That's all he doing. That's okay. They all need he something for the fight. Kid. That could be a good fight when they they both they're gonna fight. <laughs> so can I say one thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I if people want to see my movies, they can type my name into their search engine on their like Amazon Fire Stick or wherever. Or you can go to my website, theskyisland.com. And uh, you can also look me up on IMDb with my name. And then you can find places to watch my movies free. They're on Amazon, uh, Fox, CBS, uh, Apple TV, Roku. There's there's all kinds of places you can watch them. And uh, you can watch them for free on YouTube or somewhere. They're all available for free somewhere. Jeremy, how do you get your movies on IMDb and um, Tubi and Crackle and things of that nature? Yes. So uh, you can actually sign up with IMDb, and then they have kind of a process of how you can get your films listed on there and how you could uh, claim credits if you have credits to claim in anybody's project. And you kind of... There, there's like a form where they send the thing over to the people that have the page and then they approve your credit uh, or they, they disapprove it or whatever. And it's, it's actually easier than you think. You kind of just follow the website and they tell you how to do it. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we're trying to make movies. We, we make cartoons and things of that nature. Yeah, it's a forgiving time. YouTube is really forgiving. You could put most of your stuff on YouTube like right away. And then we use a distributor and an aggregator for our films. So we make our projects. We make them up to these parameters that are required by the uh, platforms and by the distributors. And then we send our film over to them. They check it for quality control. They're like, oh, here, the closed captions, all that stuff is done right. And then they send it off to all the different places and, and try to get it placed on as many different platforms as possible. Uh, we've had stuff that Peacock is looking at. 
we've had stuff on all kinds of pretty major platforms and um uh, amazon used to be the best they're still pretty good they've come back uh fox has a platform called tubi that one is <laughs> yeah. the best and there's all kinds of different platforms that specialize in certain things and, and youtube channels so there's been channels on youtube that just wanted our film and so they reached out and we were able to get them our film onto their channel and then you get paid for that so it's a really great you can make short films and send those to the distributors and they can get those places so that's what you so getting involved with the distributors though that is getting you're selling your product to them yeah they take you gotta be picked up by them they're able to get right and it works very similarly to youtube so uh we get paid how how well our projects do right uh, so if they get it on tubi if <laughs> nobody watches it and we don't get any money but if yeah. a lot people watch it then we get paid pretty good from that and the distributor gets paid i think it's like 20 or 30 percent so uh we like that because they're able to get it onto places that we cannot get it on ourselves it gives them a lot of incentive to push yeah and certain places just will not talk to you even our distributor yeah. so if i were to have a, a talent agent or um uh, there there's certain types of people that can get your projects onto platforms that just simply will not talk to me as the filmmaker even so uh it's it, there's a brotherhood to it you kind of gotta like go through each little thing for me i met the people that i work with and they held my hand and walked me through these doors and so that's what i try to teach people how to do and uh, my partner that makes films he runs his own youtube channel teaching filmmaking so uh his name is jay horton and uh he he's really good at that and i think a lot of people that yeah, are trying we, to it will benefit from that we 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 we're gonna continue to yeah we'll continue to um pick your brain and um talk to you and communicate with you well yeah, yeah before he heads out what, what's the biggest tip then you can give for for people trying to reach oh, out, just and get out and so. make stuff. like don't let anything hold you back uh rent equipment do whatever you need to do to make your project keep and investing then, in yourself yep and then from there you will eventually be able to get money uh not all of our projects are financially successful so we have to try and think about certain ones that have been successful and then opportunities in the future of what might be successful but then the more i do that is successful that gives me the opportunity to take risks on things that maybe it's i think leverage I, yeah so and a lot of our projects that we didn't think were going successful have been some of the most successful and and certain ones and, and is that over time is that just over time they turn out to be more successful than you thought <laughs> they, they might not have been a hit at first, sometimes but you know, not even over time. Sometimes it's right away. They just got yeah. really successful instantaneously. And we've awesome. like violated a bunch of things. Of, like you're, you're not supposed to do a documentary that's only got one person talking the whole time. Well, we've done that. And <laughs> popular. Oh, and yeah. just certain things that you learn as like, oh, you're not supposed to do it this way. And then you do do it that way and try, and then it ends up being successful. So you never know. We've done other ones where we thought, oh, we did it everything right. This one's for sure going to be a big hit. And then it's not. 
And so, uh, yeah. That's the devil, huh? Yeah. All right, man. Uh, let me see. When you tell your friend it's cool to smoke, and he brings out a crack pipe. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Your friend got some hey. demons. You're going to be having me laugh all the time. Like, all the time. Just like this one. It said, time flies. They're trying to say the Pope and the black people. It's weird, man. The internet is mean as shit. Let me see. This came from a girl. I wish Scotty could talk and went somewhere loud because he would love to talk on this and y'all know he talk a lot. They say, we reject men who are going to make us wives for guys who made us single mothers. Men are not trash, but our taste for men is trash. Dear men, we are sorry. Thank you. That's called accountability. <laughs> That's accountability. If all women thought like that. It's been a be, long time since we get a sorry. Men ain't shit. Quote, and a lot of we sorry, man. But um, let's move on. Y'all, riddle me this. Fill in the, the blanks of the picture. The words to the picture. Hose will be hose. Damn, man. We got yeah, sick, bro. Hey, look what they did to Blueface girlfriend. They said she looked like the dinosaur from the land from before time. They oh. messed up. Oh. Hey, I showed somebody that they said she looked just like him. I said, what? No, <laughs> All right, I got a cool story before we get ready to get up out of here, man. Let's see. Um, this lady is crazy. <clears throat> okay, this picture right here. Polar bear attacks a 32-year-old woman who jumped into a polar bear enclosure at Berlin Zoo. A 32-year-old woman who jumped into polar bear she enclosure. Jumped? Feeding. She jumped in during feeding time at Berlin Zoo on Friday was mauled by one of the polar bears. She was bitten several times before being rescued. Gotta get that selfie, bro. Look, she crying. Ah! Oh, what hey, you she, think I was gonna do? What hey, she fuck? got a good selfie. Yeah, what that's Darwinism. you think was going to happen? You jump in the bear enclosure. See, and I hope that bear jump. don't get killed, man, because a lot of zoos put down animals. He jumped yeah. in and at that was time. her fault. That it was time for the bear to eat. She mm. jumped in. He ate. Protected. <laughs> close. Stays close. Okay. I hope that so bear is Liv, right. So Liv has a new program that will pick you up and take you to a job interview for free. And if you get hired, they will give you up to three weeks of free rides until you get paid. There have been times in my life this will have been a game changer. If you need help, here's help. I think that's a great program. Like a lot of people need rides to their jobs and interviews and shit like that. So kudos to Lyft. Kudos to Lyft. They should do something for free. They start charging you for gas and shit. They charge you extra for gas prices that went up. Even fucking Uber doing it too. Why well, her Uber going bankrupt? Up. They prices all went up for because gas prices went up. So now they charge you like an extra 50 to 80 cent for every ride. I think it's bullshit. 
Okay, we got some comments from 318. He said, um, let me see. Uh, he do said, people do dumb shit win dumb prizes. That's for the lady. And, that goes um, my favorite saying, man. You play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Said natural selection. <laughs> The parent naturally selected her. <laughs> okay, before we go, I got one more for you before we leave. And this is for all my people in Hogland. If you know these people, you are nasty just like me. And that's why we are friends. <laughs> if you know who they are, we're friends. I'm hurting here. You gotta give me a hint. Oh, uh, they porn stars. You don't know who they are. <laughs> 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 hey, I see Mike and Jeremy like, who the fuck are they? <laughs> like, who the you know, fuck are they? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they was just on the internet. Like, they was like, if you know these people, you are nasty. I'm like, well, I guess I'm nasty. I know these <laughs> Up right. It's been much love and it's been All much right, fun to you guys. I, I enjoyed um, our special guest, Jeremy. Give another round of applause for him. <laughs> so I'm saying, I am the most King Doobie. This is the Pie Hog Podcast. These are the hogs. You already know it's Matt the Man, that pussy jammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. So if y'all enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that thumbs up. Um, tell a friend, tell a friend, hit that notification button. You know what I'm saying? And just like that, we out. Oh, let me see. One more little play. Happy Halloween. Stay safe. Yeah, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Stay safe, y'all. You can go fuck with that light. You can go fuck with them niggas. Or you can come fuck with the gang. Because if you can fuck with this pivot. You gonna be dropping some change. What? You might be even popping this thing. What? But you gonna be giving some brain. What? So you can come up with the gang. Gang.